This is Transistor.fm. Hey friends, welcome back to the Product People Show. Just a heads up, I'm going to be changing the show artwork soon, uh, as well as the name. It's going to be Product People Interviews, I believe, and there will also be a Mega Maker logo on there, trying to create a unified brand. And what I'd like to do is have all of my long-form interviews here, and then over at the Mega Maker podcast have uh, shorter shows. So this will be the kind of one-hour show. Uh, if you like long interviews, you have a long commute, this is the place. But if you want a shorter 15 to 30 minute show, head over to podcast.megamaker.co. Now, this interview kind of happened by accident. We're doing inside of Megamaker Club, which is the membership site I've been running since 2013 for independent makers. And Every Thursday at 11 a.m., we do these roundtables with experts inside the community and outside the community. We have James Clear coming up in January, but we also have all these amazing people inside of the actual membership site. And Hamish McPherson uh, is an engineer at Buffer, and he's been a member of the club from pretty close to the beginning, I think around 2013. So we were doing a, a chat with him. We like to do these profiles on members, and he gave uh, a talk about you know his work and his life. And after he was done, people in the community could ask him questions. And I've got a little bit of that here, but I think the more interesting part for you will be what happened when we turned off the cameras, when we weren't live anymore, and we were just chatting like friends. And it's, I mean... It's kind of like a view inside a, a private phone call. And I even debated whether I wanted to release this whole thing, but Hamish said he was down for it. And I'm like, man, maybe I should. Because I think we talk about a lot of issues that a lot of developers and indie makers and product people and bootstrappers and just creative people on the web struggle with and deal with and think about. So what you're going to hear first is Hamish answering some questions from the community and then you'll get right into this kind of private conversation we had. Also, if you're listening to this during American Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I do have a Black Friday sale going on a lot of my courses up to 65% off. So you can check that out, megamaker.co slash Black Friday. And if you're interested in joining the Mega Maker community, the membership site, Go to megamaker.co slash club. We're not accepting new members right now, but you can join the waiting list there. All right, here we go. Here's Hamish and I. Enjoy. So I, I've got some questions to, to get things going here. And then um, if folks, if you have questions in the, in the chat, uh, I think uh, you should ask them. But... One thing I liked about your whole this is it's such a great example of this thing I've been talking about lately, which is the idea of, you know, Mega Maker being a community for geeks who make stuff and want to make a better living. And there was like multiple points in your talk where you just communicated that in a very human way. 
here I am and I'm working for this this one place rewardly, but it's just not enough or it's it's too much mm-hmm. stress or it's not enough money or and you have this hope of wanting to do more, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going after it and there's this I think one thing you communicated really well is just how stressful that can be. Like at, at times it can almost feel like you're holding on to a thread of, is this going to work? I'm going to try this thing, but I'm going to get shot down. You know, I'm going to try this and it's not working. What do you think, you know, what helped? Like what helped you keep going? What helped you go, okay, well, I'm going to try this now. I'm going to, and I'm sure in the back of your mind, the one thing you have kind of propelling you is I've got to provide for my family. I've got to, you know, this is what, and that's both what's kind of driving you forward, but is also the source of your stress. So I just love that you revealed that. And I'm wondering, you know, in retrospect now, what do you think helped? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I mean, for me, there's probably like two things. I think like, maybe like number one, like faith and number two community. So faith in just like a general sense, but maybe also for me, like a a spiritual sense too, right? Like knowing that like things would work out somehow. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Mm -hmm. optimistic to a fault, right? So I'll just sort of like assume everything's going to be great, even when it's not always, (laughs) Um, which has definitely been been sometimes, unfortunately, a source of stress too, because it's like, (laughs) you know, I can't remember the exact details, but I think it was like, when the conversation happened between my wife and I, where I was like, yeah, so I'm not actually getting paid on time for this job like this is my in the, in the startup and she's like well how come you haven't told me this and it's like well i kind of figured it would happen eventually and it just didn't you know and that kind of stuff so um but that yeah. i think in some ways that's so i've tried to work on the parts of that that aren't great like you can't just avoid the problem until like and it won't go, always go away but um but yeah i think and when i said community i think too like having like mega maker uh, it was, it was just kind of like that lifeline, even, even though like I'll say, I'll, I'll fully admit, like I've never felt like I've really like succeeded in that area. Like I've always wanted to be more of a maker than I think I've, I've been, but, but it's, mm-hmm. but like whenever it came time to like, oh, renew your subscription for mega maker, it was like, it was like, I knew that I wanted to do it because I liked being part of that community. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it was like yeah. having that was like a reminder that, that I could get through this, like hearing people's stories, seeing people succeed, even if I wasn't like, you know, living the the dream of a, of a solopreneur, like I could still see people doing that. And that somehow made me motivated. <laughs> and yeah, it also like helped me learn yeah. like, what did I want? Like there were so many times in my, I guess in my journey that I just had to like stop and be like, what do I want? And my wife would be like, what do you want? Like, what are you mm-hmm. trying to do here? Like, what's your goal? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to make it, you know, and if, there's a lot of those moments and maybe that showed a bit in this in this uh, presentation too. But um, I still think I'm trying to figure that out. Like, I still, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm in a great place right now. I'm really happy about it. But there's still like, you know, every day I'm like, am I doing what I want to do? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Does that answer the question? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of- Yeah, no. And you know what I like about what you're saying here? is it would be great actually for us to do an episode with spouses. Uh, It would be great and horrible at the same time. Uh, If you go out and get a job, it just happens. You you get the job and you get paid. That's easy Mm -hmm. to understand. But the startup stuff takes time. And uh, it's one reason I think I've wanted to switch Mega Maker in a sense from solopreneurs and just to like we're indie makers and whether 
And I just want to help people make better stuff and earn more from mm-hmm. what they make. Uh, or maybe just put another way, I want to help geeks have a better life. And so if that meant, I mean, I remember you and I chatting a lot when you were applying for Buffer. And I was just encouraging you to say, it, I know this is going to be hard, like not getting in, but you got to keep trying. It's the mm-hmm. persistence mm-hmm. that will get you. And when you got that job, I just felt so good for you. I, I didn't feel like, it felt like a big right. win. Like here's a, here's a geek who's amazing at making stuff and now has this incredible way of earning mm-hmm. a living that just seemed like such a great thing. But anyway, yeah, I think the, the spouse <laughs> thing is, <laughs> is interesting, yeah. right? Oh, no, it's so true. I mean, I think like, and it, I feel like you, I go, I've gone through stages too, or like maybe I'm just in like a stage right now, like, like being at Buffer and, or being just in any like full-time job that is, you know, stable in a sense, right? Um, like I, I kind of need that right now. Like I have a coworker who just, he just sent out like his announcement to the to Buffer, like, hey, I'm moving on. I'm actually moving to Zite. I don't know if you know Zite. They're like a they do like automated deployments, yeah. like really cool, awesome company. And his note was like, this is like a one in a million thing for me, you know. And I thought about that a little bit. I was like, like, would I what would I leave Buffer for, right? Like, because I really like my job. It's a great job, you know. And I realized yeah. like, not that it would never happen, but it's like this coworker of mine, like he doesn't have kids. He's a bit, you know, he's kind of in a position where it's like, and he even mentioned this, like I can leave and not have to worry about as much like Zite's a bit of a smaller company maybe higher mm-hmm. risk right like anyway just just interesting to think about that right like where i am right now uh having the the needs that i have i think it's like it's brought me here <laughs> so yeah if you have kids you have two kids yes. now right yeah as soon as you have kids it changes mm-hmm. everything uh i'm not sure if i i did you see me here let me go to my desktop here i'm just gonna Oh, yeah. Economic Policy Institute Family Budget Calculator. Okay. And this is, this is bare minimum. So, for example, the housing is based on apartments. Um, food is based on the American low-cost food plan, all this stuff. So let's look, up, uh, let's look up Salt Lake City. And you can do comparisons, right? So let's start with two adults, no children. And then let's add a comparison. And then add two kids look at these numbers so two kids no children forty-eight thousand. and again this is bare minimum like maybe you can't maybe finding an apartment for 834 dollars is not realistic even anymore but it at least gives you a a range and you know just by going up to two kids you you're at you're almost double your what you need and if you go up to uh, four kids. It's even it's yeah. even crazier, <laughs> and so the the context of all this I think is important, and you're definitely not the only one that is um wrestling with some of that. Of you know how can I do this? And in in some ways, it's it's just the way it is. If you have kids. Yeah. Life's different for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One thing I wanted you to address, this was a question I had, was you went from UX and UI to engineer. What? Why? Well, you, mm-hmm. you explained mm-hmm. it a little bit, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of questions I have around that. Like, how did you do that? How did you go from 
being kind of a design guy to an engineer that seems like a big jump yeah to that's me. funny so like you know going back to like my early years like my dad got me a copy of like photoshop le like limited edition which i don't even like does anyone even know what that is like i don't know where it came from but it's a real thing it's a real thing <laughs> um so i i, I kind of i don't know i feel like I, that became a part of my identity as like i'm a designer you know and but i think what's funny is like i don't think i was ever that great like i think i tried and like i think at times i've i've, I've i was pretty good but i think what happened was over time, the more I did work on the web and the more I built stuff, um, the more I started to like the code. So at first the code was like, well, okay, I need the code to get this design. And then it was like, okay, oh, mm -hmm. I can actually do some of the design in code. Okay, that's a bit easier. I guess I'll do that. Like, um, and now it's like, oh, I need to build an app. Okay, I have to code now. Uh, and like just kind of that progression. Like, And then during that sort of period of time where I kind of had to stop working for the startup because they were, were not able to pay me and before I worked at Buffer, I took up this job where they're like, hey, we need an e-commerce store. And the CEO was like, I just I want it custom. Like, I don't want anything. I don't want Magento. I don't want Shopify. I want a custom. And uh, and at that point, like, I yeah. was pretty competent. I feel like, OK, I could build this. But like, it just really took me from like, um, I would say, like, just the, the basics of, of like website building to like, this is pretty serious now. Like I, like I used to so use Laravel, which is awesome, as you know, and like. And, and I used this whole framework. Then yeah. I had to build. He's like, okay, we need to have like a search feature now, you know? And I was like, how do I do this? And I found out about this thing called Elasticsearch. It's like a database indexing. It's like this really crazy search system, or not for search only, but often used for search. And um, I had to learn that. And then at that point, I think after that project, I looked back and I was like, shoot, I guess I'm a coder. Like, I mean, I maybe identified like before, but like I'd done so much like backend work and systems work and javascript work i was like yeah i guess i really like this and the design work actually at that job was mostly handled by someone else so it's just like <laughs> so in some ways it was natural and i think just yeah. um i think i think this I, I saw that i had a strength there like over time as i learned more about it i was like i think i'm pretty good at this um and and, it, and to be fair too like i i always have coded to some degree so i never was like only a designer so it was sort of like I always had that yeah. T-shaped kind of like, you know, a little bit of both. But I was like trying to pull to the design side and it just like didn't click. And then when I started going with the code side, it was like, oh, wow, this is way easier. So <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. And do you have so for someone like me that's trying to learn some programming now, what do you think what made the difference? Was it having this job that you had to get done that pushed you? Because to me, programming feels like it's like you go up and up and up and then it's you kind of get to the other side where it's like okay now i've got enough of the fundamentals that i can do stuff i'm i'm in this now uh like you said now you have this identity of like oh maybe i'm a coder so do you think it was having that project that just pushed you over the edge or do you think this was just something was gradually building your whole life um and yeah like how yeah. did that happen was it were you, were you were you in Laracasts every day during this time like what what pushed you yeah, over the edge uh, i think yeah there's definitely a certain part of it that's like i had a foundation of like having coded i think like i don't remember my first language maybe it was basic or whatever but like you know eventually like i learned some javascript but the reason i learned javascript in the first place was because i was playing like an online rpg and i wanted to like figure out how long it would take me to level up so i built this like stupid little page that just for myself that like did the math <laughs> like form inputs you know like really basic um, I'll never forget that. Right. But um, but yeah, I think the necessity, <laughs> like I wanted something or, or I needed to make something that helped me get over those humps, like you said. Mm. Um, and yeah, for sure. Like, I think one thing I realized, too, was like 
if you're learning to design, I've always found it hard to find like good resources because it almost felt like it had to be something you had to learn and almost like you had to have the, the, the site or the vision and you could just know what good design was. Um, but for coding, I yeah. realized really quickly there was just like documentation. You just like read the documentation or read or watch Laracast or like, you know, or find some resource. And just like over like the period of time where I was doing this transition, like more and more resources were coming out. Like that was probably about the time that Laracast came out or like when, you know, these sites that taught more coding techniques. So like if I needed to like learn something, there was always like just a wealth of information. Like if the docs weren't good, then there was a YouTube video that was that would help and and like Communities like Stack Overflow yeah. that you could go to. So I felt like the community was really good. I don't know if design, and I mean, this is speaking, like, totally speaking naively here, but I feel like design it doesn't have that type of community that coding does. What kind of engineering are you doing at Buffer right now? Is it mostly JavaScript, what, React? Like, what's the yeah, day to day? It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly JavaScript. So, like, right now, so Buffer right now is at this point where we have a legacy app that uh, is like parts of it are were written by Joel, the CEO, like, and he's definitely not doing coding now. Right. Like, um, but there's still parts of it written yeah. by him and it's like PHP. And then eventually the front end was built into like some backbone. And, and there was actually some react in it too, as react started to get more popularity in like 2015. Um, but like right now we realized yeah. that just trying to maintain that was really difficult. And so we're doing what I guess most people do is we're doing the rebuild. So we've been doing the rebuild for like over a year now. Um, and we're just re we're rebuilding the published product, which is like the scheduling tool. So it's like, yeah, and we're building that like fully with React. So it's a very like lightweight backend, and the whole like the whole front end application is like a big React application with like, you know, we have our, we have a component library we've been building out. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I do. Lots of JavaScript, uh, ES6, and uh, yeah. And then in terms of system stuff, like we have a systems teams that do all like the we have all this really cool deployment process. So if I like make a PR on our, on our code base. Um, it like automatically deploys a branch so I can see, I can test that out. It's really cool. They do, they handle all that. And in fact, too, like if you go to buffer.com or github.com slash buffer app, uh, you can see all of our GitHub repositories. And the one I work on mostly is actually public. So in kind of in spirit of buffer, like we do a lot of things transparently. So you can see all my PRs and my code that I'm adding. So, uh, can, can share that link later if you're interested, but yeah, it's all pretty much in the open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right. Let's get to some of these questions here. Uh, Ramin's, Ribeiro. I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry. But uh, he asks, um, are you working on any side projects right now or just focusing on Yeah, Buffer? this is a great one. So my side project story is so funny because I've, I've kind of been all over the map, including working on some really fun stuff with Justin. And I think like I really enjoy that, but I've always struggled to like find the balance because it comes back to our conversation about like the needs and like, okay, I need to focus on my work too. So I'm not like letting that slide. And and I'm fortunate that Buffer is very supportive. Mm -hmm. Like we have people who have who continue to work on side projects at Buffer. We have someone who actually just recently left to go like full time with the side project. And it's just like, you know, the culture there is like very supportive if you if you want to do that. So um, but to answer the question right now, I don't have anything like super active. I have had a project in, uh, on my mind for a long time, but like building an app that teaches coding. And it's kind of like a, a long term thing because I never quite pinned down exactly what it is. <laughs> and I've realized more and more that it's more of a yeah. it's more of an idea than it is like a an actual thing. <laughs> yeah. Because every time I sit down to start coding mm -hmm. it, I get I get to like 10% and then I just stop and, and I hate it. And then it just like processes like five times a year. So <laughs> um, right now, funny enough, I have a, a friend of mine who we kind of are both in this position where we, we, we both work full-time jobs, but we kind of like the idea of like, you know, side project stuff. And 
he uh, he and I were like, we should just do something. And we're like, hey, well, let's do a podcast. And so and so we did like the lowest budget podcast po- possible like a few weeks ago. We just like recorded a call and did it like Google Hangouts Live and just like shared it. And I think I mean, all of like two people have probably seen it. I mean, I think I shared it in Mega Maker, but like so right now, I mean, yeah, I, I can't say. That. Yeah, like for me, it's like, you know, it, I don't expect it to become huge. Like it's almost just like I need that out. Like even just doing this is really fun. So like me and him just like chat. We're going to chat, I think, like tomorrow or, or something again just to I don't know. So but yeah, I, I don't have anything like really active yeah. right now. I do. I get ideas all the time and I'm trying to be better at like writing them down because that's how I originally got the idea for my my coding teaching app that will one day I think become something. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it comes down to, again, figuring out what you want. And if really what you want is just to feel creative and encouraged because you're doing something that gives you energy, you might be able to do that within, uh, like that, not, you don't need a startup to fill mm-hmm. that hole uh, necessarily. So I think there's something there's something to that for sure. Like sometimes it makes sense to just get a really good job and then you can start a podcast on the side, you can live stream, you can you know, do whatever else you want to do. If all of these checkboxes are getting checked off, like you've got it, you're making good money and you're doing interesting work, and you're working with good people. And, you know, like for me, it's relationships, purpose, mm-hmm. and freedom. And uh, for a long time, going independent was what checked those off. But it doesn't have to be, right? It could yeah. be anything. It could be working full time and then being able to do stuff yeah. on the side. I think I, feel, I felt like... What I've and I think if I want to ask the question like what do I want? There's lots of things, but like one of the things I felt like is like I want to have a voice, you know. And I and I think and I, and I'm trying to make sure that it's not just like I want to be important. Like it's not like that, you know. Like um, I mean, certainly you want to feel like you're respected, but it's not like it's not like that's the only goal. And I think so. One of the reasons speaking was really attractive to me is because I I felt like I like to teach, like I like to teach coding. Like I've I've really enjoyed like anytime in my job where I help like a junior engineer or something like that. Like that's always really fun for me. So. Um, the idea of like getting into speaking more was really exciting to me. And just like having gone to some conferences now, because I work at a company where they have a budget for that. So like I've been to more conferences and like, and seeing people speak, I'm like, this is super cool. And like, I could totally do this, you know, like some talks aren't as great and this is not bashing anyone. Right. But like you look and think I could do that or maybe even do it better. Like I'd I'd love to to give that a shot. So yeah, I think like when I think about my side projects and where I am now, I think I may not have like a specific product, but I think I'm almost like building me as a product. Like maybe my, my, myself, like, uh, I, I've always wanted to write more and I struggle with that, but I'm like, you know what, if I can just get myself out there, if I can speak a little bit, the the two kind of go together. If you're speaking, you're probably writing something. So (laughs) yeah. 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 Even you saying, you know what? I want to have a voice. Like having a voice is one of the, the most fulfilling, um, things I've ever done in my life. And it has benefits that kind of reverberate across Mm -hmm. your life. So, you know, whether you're working for someone else or doing your own thing or whatever, I think just saying, no, I want to carve out space for independence, for purpose, for relationships. And if I can do that in the context of working 
a full-time job and going to these conferences or speaking or writing a book or whatever it is, uh, it's worth investing in that regardless, mm-hmm. right? Now you've got options. People know who you are. You've, you've established yourself as an expert. You've established yourself as someone who's helping other people. Uh, there's just so many benefits mm-hmm. to that. So yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. Uh, all right, let's, uh, John Friesen wants to know, how do you manage to, to stay positive when times are tough? Mm. You know, it's funny. Like when I look back at, at the times that were tough for me, like uh, they didn't always feel really tough. And I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to like analyze this because I, I wonder if like, I wonder if this is just like my sort of like dumb confidence. Like, oh, things will be great. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, yeah. But like, I will say like, I, we, like we've been fortunate, like our family, like we've never been in the position where it was like, okay, we can't make rent. Like we can't eat food. We don't have enough to eat. Like we've never been there. And I'm really grateful for that, you know, but, mm-hmm. but there was still the times where like I saw myself on that path. Like, well, if things don't get better, we are going to be there. And that, that's a scary feeling. And I think in those times, like, um, I, for me, just doing the work makes me feel better. So like when I feel that stress, like, you know, I just, I just put my head down and do something. It's like, I can't remember what happened. I think after I got like the first rejection from Buffer uh, and I was really, of course, devastated. I told my wife and she was, you know, commiserating with me and stuff. And then I just went and like sat down and just like coded for like six hours or something like that. Or I don't know, like I just needed like to to do something. And, and then I felt better after that, you know, like I felt like Mm -hmm. it's okay. I can still do this. Like uh, it's going to work out. So yeah, for me, at least I think when, when the reason I got through the hard times was just like, by continuing to do things, <laughs> by trying to create something, you know. That is one nice thing about being a maker is that that's in your mm-hmm. control. Like when when things, and I think we have to be careful because it can be a crutch as well, you know. But there there is something, you know, when you are feeling down, there's this idea of, to, to be honest, like Mega Maker Club originally... JFDI, the whole motivation for that was I came home from work right. angry one day. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I got to do something today that matters. And I remember I put up that landing page. I, you know, registered a campfire room and just started reaching out to people. And it just felt like this is within my control. Like this is something, even if I feel like work is a mess and you know, they're, they're we're, it's way too slow. We never get anything done. We're not, we're, we're not observing what's really going on in the world and then building products for that. Uh, Mega maker and JFDI before it just felt like I saw this need and I was able to act on it and it was within my control. So the next day when I went back to work, it was like, yeah, I got, I've carved out a little piece of the world for myself here. I've, I've, I've made something that matters and it, it helped me deal with, you know, hardship. Uh, at, in this time, it was just like, I just felt like work right, was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I think there, I think there is something about yeah. that. And, that's, and I think oftentimes too, when I've built anything like my side projects, I built stand to make years ago. Cause I just wanted to do something that like, I don't know. It was like that same kind of thing. I was probably feeling kind of down, but 
I realized that I could, what I could control is what I, what I made in that moment, you know? And I just kind of, and, and yeah, it's funny. Cause what, when you say that can be a crutch, it's so true. Cause I think also like I can get kind of manic in those States. Like I, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to build it. I'm going to build it. And like, I work really long hours or I'll like kind of just get like distracted, which is why like small projects for me have always been better yeah. than long-term ones. Cause long-term ones, I just, I just shut down. Like I just haven't figured that out yet. Like I get to, like I said, I get to 10% and I'm just, yeah. I don't know what to do now. So whereas if I can, if I can just like, <laughs> if I can find projects that fit within my like crazy manic 10% state, like I can just get to <laughs> get it to the finish line. Um, it, it does help. And I think it also helps to know what you want. And I, I think the, maybe the mistake I've made in the past is saying the only path to us as a collective, we, the only path to us getting what we want is to quit our jobs and have our own companies and that that's the only mm-hmm. way it's going to work. And I've definitely revised that uh lately because first of all starting a company is super super difficult and maintaining a company and you know like I I have a friend who just started working for Automatic the mm-hmm. the WordPress people. And he right up into like he he applied and right up to the time he got accepted, he was like, ah, do I want to do this? Do I want to give up my company? And just in in anxiety over it. And then he got the job. And then I talked to him a couple of weeks later. I'm like, so, you know, how's it been? He's like, oh, my gosh, it feels so good. He's like, I don't even care. He's like, I'm shutting down my corporation as we speak. It just feels so <laughs> good to not have to manage like taxes and gst and you know all these things that were always kind of crushing him and and uh, a mm-hmm, weight mm-hmm. on him he now he now feels free so there's all sorts of paths around this and if again what mm-hmm. do you want if you want more purpose in your life maybe you can get that with work plus more speaking if you want more relationships in your life maybe you can get that with work plus mega maker plus meetups plus uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. conferences you know there's all these ways we can accomplish some of these things and uh if you want more freedom and for me freedom means money it means you know the ability to work for whatever Mm -hmm. city i want it means you know there's all sorts of things but again their their work could check off some of those things for you now, I also understand the feeling of being like, eventually, I've got to own my mm-hmm. own thing. And I, I think, you know, that might fit into purpose or whatever. But we've got time to like the when our kids are in their 20s, um, we will have so much more time <laughs> and <laughs> energy and like and money and it, like there's time in the future yeah. to do things. And so I think sometimes the rush of of feeling like I got to get it done now. It's like no, well maybe don't don't throw it all away um, for something that you know might not check a lot of those boxes yeah, that you. Actually it's hard want. to think about that sometimes because I, I I I'm so much in the weeds with my kids right now, right? Like 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 you said earlier, like when you have kids, it changes things, and then you 
I, I drove, I left my house the other day, I was driving and I just drove past my neighbor and he was like outside, like waxing his car. And I, was just, I just had the thought, like, I would not never have the time to do that. Like, I would never be able to like justify that to like anyone, <laughs> myself or, you know, like I'm just going to go spend like an hour yeah, to wax yeah. my car. But if you use that like analogy, like in the future, like, yeah, you'll have time to wax the car. You'll have time to kind of like maybe. So that, that perspective oh, yeah. is really helpful for me too. like not trying to think so short term, like, well, if I don't, if I don't get like a big speaking gig in like six months, then I must be a failure, you know, like that kind of mindset, like, and not yeah. that I don't want to move myself to have like yeah. goals and stuff, but I've just felt like when I try to hook my, attach yeah. myself to like, you're only successful if this happens, th that's never productive. So. Yeah. There's this tension between, uh, giving yourself a push, which is no, try to get a gig, like right. try to get a speaking gig, but there too far down that path is, if I don't get paid five grand, my next speaking gig, I'm a failure. Like, or in 2019, I must speak in front right. of a thousand people. Realistically, you can go, okay, well, you know, what can I control? I can control how many speaking applications right. I fill out. I can control how many times, like there's always like meetups and co-working spaces and buffer brown bag lunch <laughs> yeah. talks or whatever um you know how many of those totally. do i speak at uh jason charns said last week you know i apply like 10 20 times and i get one one right. speaking engagement so uh yeah folks if you want to ask hamish more questions about how to get a job at buffer how to get a, how to get a remote job um how to go jump from ui to being an engineer um yeah feel free to reach out to him in Slack. Uh, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for showing up. Uh, everyone's just giving you tons of nice <laughs> things in the, in the YouTube chat. Thanks, here. everyone. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time, uh, next, next Thursday. We've got uh, Adam Wavin nice. next Thursday, same time, 11 a.m. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you folks then. Bye. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, that man. was awesome. Yeah. It's just good. It feels good to be like, it's kind of raw too. It's like, this is who I am, you know, or like, just, this is what's hard, especially like the conversations where it's like, this is what's hard, right? Versus like, well, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, I love, like, I listen to a podcast about someone's success story and that's fun, but it's like, uh, or what, and what's that book? Is it, it's Derek Sivers, I think, right? The whole CD baby story too. Like that one, it's just like this meteoric rise yeah. and like, you're like, oh, I could do that. But it's like, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The funny thing is like, because he talks a little bit about that. He talks a little bit about being a struggling oh, artist yeah. and like pouring his life into music. But all anyone remembers right, is CD Baby. Sure, yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe I do this too much, but for me, there's also just like this realism of, yeah, he started CD Baby, but it's very likely that Derek Sivers in the same position in 2018 would not totally. be a success. Yeah. Like there's all of these things that have to fall into place and right time, right place. And yeah, he, he <laughs> built this thing. It's awesome. But you know, nowadays you could not build a shopping cart <laughs> widget for music and yeah. succeed. Right. And maybe we just don't know. Like, we don't know if maybe Derek Sivers in 2018 
just gets involved in a different thing and still wins, but there's no way to split test <laughs> yeah. reality. We, we just great. don't yeah. know. And so I think what's been more helpful for me is hearing people's real life stories and then just thinking about my story and going, mine is just going to be mm-hmm. nothing like that. And yeah, there's a tension between making excuses too, like, um, like I could just say, well, it's just never going to be like that for yeah. me, right? Or I could say, okay, this is just the, my life. Like, this is what I've been given. And what am I going to yeah. do about it? <laughs> like, do you, you know, like, at the end of the day, all I can do is do something about it. And, you know, part of me is like, well... You know, hopefully they have a community around them that at least helps them get a leg up because <laughs> there's it's pretty hard to always just be pulling up your bootstraps. But on the other hand, I think there is something about, OK, well, this is my position. I'm 38 years old. It's 2018, almost 2019. You know, I. Mm-hmm. What am I yeah, going to do yeah. about it? <laughs> and <laughs> what then can just go from there. Can, yeah, right? Like you and, look at your options and yeah. And that's kind of like what I felt like too lately is just, you know, even in just like starting this and I say this for like, I started, I started a podcast in the sense that like I recorded a thing and put it live. Like it's very, very informal, but like that, that like me and my yeah. friend were like, let's just do the thing. And it was kind of funny because we both kind of talked about it. And that's actually, it was great because he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's actually just do it. And so we did it, you know? And like, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. There's so many, there's so many ways it intersects with so many different ideas in my head, but yeah. But, I, but like I said, like I said in the chat, yeah. like I've always really liked Mega Maker because it's been a place and I think you've done a great job with this, just building this community where like no one, like I don't ever feel like I am like excluded. I'm not always like super active, but I don't feel excluded because I don't have like a, an indie side project that's like topping product hunt. You know what I mean? Like it's not like that. It's like, very yeah. like, yeah. like there's lots of good real talk and, 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 uh, and it's almost like I get this feeling like it's waiting for me. Like if I do the next time I build something, it's right there. Like that's where I'll go first. Right. Like that's the and I like knowing that, too, because if I was on my own, I'd feel like, OK, I have a thing now. But like, where do I go? Like, OK, I got to go, go on Twitter and like I'll maybe I'll ping some people and see what happens. But, you know, it's like having that having yeah. that there has always been nice. So. Yeah, well, that's encouraging yeah. for sure. I I think I always think about like all of these geeks out there that like making stuff with computers and some of them have jobs, some of them are freelancing, some of them are, you know, building their own companies, but for them to all feel like Mega Maker's a place that they can go and certainly like, oh yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to build something. So this is like you said, I, I love that, that that's what you think of. But I also would just want it to be a place where people can be like, man, I just like making stuff. I want to get better at this. And if you're looking for a better job, I want you to be able to find it there. So now I'm in the space of Buffer where like, I feel like I can grow. And I have grown. Like I've advanced. Like we have a career framework. I've advanced a little bit in that. And I guess I bring this all up because like I could be spending like my time just getting the work done, but then really focusing on this external like outside Buffer stuff. But, you know, the stuff I do in Buffer can also lead to like you know, like promotions that make me feel good, not just in the money sense, like it's certainly more money is helpful, but like, just like, oh, I got promoted, I feel more like validated. And that's kind of like, I think what a lot of people do when they 
when they work for themselves too. They're trying to build that company. They want to have that like, you know, one of a voice. They want to put something yeah. out there. And I still get that even on the internal side. So yeah, it's just, it's interesting, the balance there. So that's yeah. been, a, as I've been working at Buffer, that's always been the struggle too. Cause I could, I can like, again, the job's so flexible. I could take like that hour in my afternoon to like work on a side project or I could take it to just do a little bit extra more extra work at Buffer in some way that like, is you know impactful there and it's actually hard to find that balance yeah it helps exactly. you level up. like yeah one thing i've realized about bootstrapping transistor is that there's very few people that succeed at bootstrapping the way i'm doing it right now which is they had another little thing and then they start a software company and then they just manage to make it work as a one-man shop. Like the software company on the side grows. Almost everybody, Jason Freed, DHH, you know, you just go down the list of bootstrapping mm-hmm. heroes. They almost all either had a full-time job that was paying the bills mm-hmm. while they bootstrapped. Or um, they were in their 20s, single, and moved right. to somewhere <laughs> cheap. Or... Uh, you know, so like Mike McDermott at FreshBooks moved into his parents' house for oh, wow. three years, <laughs> right? It's like, fuck, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to do that, yeah. right? Uh, and so uh, I'm looking at this realistically and going, and it's been a really hard year and fearing, thinking, okay, well, what are my options? And so it's like, okay, well, and the the part that was stopping me was my ego and you know other things going well i can't go and get a job like that would be mm-hmm. ugh. but i'm realizing that like if transistor's going to have success it's all about increasing your runway what are ways we can increase our runway okay well i could like really like just shut down all my other stuff and just focus on consulting like crazy and just try to get a bunch mm-hmm. of good clients and do that that is also pretty hard. It's like starting another business so I can yeah, run my yeah. other business. We could get investment or mm-hmm. I could get a job. And so I've just started being open to, or sorry, the fourth option is um, for, for me to uh, really make Mega Maker sustainable mm-hmm. in some sort of way. And... It's it's the same kind of tension that you felt when you're like, do I do this? Do I do this? Do I do this? There's yeah. like you you can't see which which one's yeah. gonna work, and so really the only option is to explore as many options yeah. as you have, and then um, you know uh, choose one that seems good. So I've got. Uh, Inter- a job interview on December yeah, yeah. 8th. And I first I was like, <laughs> ah, I'm not doing this. And then I'm, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I got to be open to things. And, you know, maybe it'd be a great fit. Like maybe they'll pay me a bunch of money and I can grow Transistor on the side. It's hard working through all that stuff, but what's helped it has been a little bit of like, what do I want? and um, you know, sometimes I wonder because right, right when I was about to go independent mm-hmm. in 2016, um, Nathan Barry contacted me and said, you know, 
hey, I heard Sprintly is closing down. You do, you know, do you want to oh, come wow, yeah. convert kit? And I was like, oh, Nathan. I was like, Nathan, I'm, I'm just about to go independent. Like, I can't right, do right. this now. And who knows how that would have worked out? Maybe that would have been better. Maybe it wouldn't have been better. You never know. But I think there's something about all of this that, like, you you can only do what you can do, and. Well, and I just get the feeling, yeah, like, well, we can do so much, too. That's the thing that's always fascinating about this this, this industry. Yes. Like, if you're even, like, if your job even, like, touches tech, it's you just have, like, this Pandora's box of, like, so many things you can do. Like, I have friends who are electricians. Yes. And, like, they can be electricians. And that that's it. They, there's no, like, there's no, yes. like, oh, I'm going to specialize in, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could be speaking naively, but I feel like you can't really pivot very far on that. But it's, like, if you're in tech... You can learn to code, you can learn to design, you can consult, you can, you know, like. I think that just, is such it's, a it's good It's overwhelming. Point. Like, it, it's like, and I, it's, it's been cool to see, like, to watch your kind of journey from the outside, too. Because I think, like, yeah, like, you have almost, like, you could, like, go many different ways. You know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting. Like, and, like, being at yeah. Buffer, like, one of the things Buffer's trying to do is, like, become the future of work. So, like, we're obviously trying to make enough money to sustain ourselves as a business. But like, there's a whole, like, part of the company that's, like what does the future of work look like, you know? So I don't know. I mean, that's like, that doesn't yeah. have to mean that you come to Buffer, but I think that any company, I think the future of companies is, is something like that where we like, I don't know, it sounds very like yeah. dippy dippy, but like, you know, just like having this like culture of like, of that. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like that you articulated it so well. Cause like my friends don't understand my right. problems at <laughs> all. Like for them, they're just like, they're like, uh, unless they're entrepreneurial, because then you kind of feel like, oh, I could go this way or this way or this way. But you're right. Like tech gives us this, this in some ways <laughs> awful paradox of constant paradox of and FOMO oh, yeah. all the yeah. time of going, I could stay or I could go do this and look at that person and look at what they're doing and look at that success. And you have this, you, I, it's like I'm constantly in 10 parallel universes going, you know, well, if I'd gone that Where way. Where would I be now? Yeah. <laughs> I could And, and it, it's like, it's like a, a road riddled with regret. Like I have a friend who was basically at the first, um, WW, the first worldwide web oh, consortium right, yeah. meeting. And I mean, and he, he's had a great career in tech. Like he worked for Alta Vista. He worked for Yahoo. He's worked for Apple. Like he's had an awesome, mm -hmm. you know, run, but <laughs> stuck in his head is that first mm -hmm. consortium meeting The it was like, nobody yeah. was there. And he said like, out of that, like if you chose the wrong, he kind of has this feeling like if you chose the wrong people to have lunch with <laughs> back then, it was the difference between becoming a millionaire or a billionaire or just being a working Shoot, schmuck wow. your whole <laughs> life. And he thinks about it yeah. all the time. He's always like, Ugh. like he, he's like, he remembers being at this one thing and he's like, there's this one table and he just remembers going, huh, I wonder if I should like go and see what they're doing. Like he wasn't really invited, but feeling like I should just right. get myself in there, but he didn't. <laughs> and that ended up being Mozilla. And 
and Mark Andreessen and all those guys. And he's just like, he thinks about that all the time. Just like, yeah, shit. like what if I just pushed myself in? Clearly, I mean, you can't think like that, but I think there's always this time, like you could leave Buffer and then, yeah. you know, the next year they get acquired by Google and all the employees are now millionaires. And then you're yeah. like, oh, why did I do yeah, that? Yeah. You know, it's there's these tensions all the time. And yeah, I you're right. Like I, this is a very, in some ways it, it's nice to hear it because then it's like, well, okay, you, you have uh, an abundance of options, right? And some people just have no options. So <laughs> just be thankful you've got <laughs> options, you dummy. Like that... And maybe you choose wrong every single time, but at least you got that many, like some people get one at bat. It's like they go to school, they choose a trade and they just hope that trade works out for the rest (laughs) of their life. And in our case, it's like we get so many at bats that, you know, even if you decide to stay in the same career your whole life, just knowing that there's recruiters asking you, hey, you want to work for us? You want to work for us? It's like... That's a lot of opportunity. Well, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. I think like I've never been to school. Like these people spent like eight years of their life in school. And like I've no, and it's and they, yes. they make more money than I do. But the fact is like I, you know, I live down the street from them kind of thing. It's like I'm not like in the across the highway. You know, it's just like this weird yeah. feeling of like, how did I get this? Like, oh, yeah, I, I live in this world in this time when this is possible, you know? <laughs> That is such a good way of looking at it because there's there's some gratitude in there. And like, if I look at my life, like I should be (laughs) ruined, you know, Mm -hmm. quitting that when I'm 28 years old, which is like, really, your 20s are when you, even to this day, like if you don't establish yourself in your 20s, it is like, it's a big step back. And so I remember I'm almost 30 and I'm looking around and going, nobody wants to hire me. And I applied at the (laughs) Apple store, you know, and I got turned down and I was just like, what is, Mm -hmm. I'm ruined. Like I'm never going to, and then I get one phone call and then I'm working for a software company and then all of a sudden I've got options again. Like that's incredible. And there is, I think, some gratitude of like, oh, geez, Justin, that's so <laughs> sad that you have that you're consider that you're you're sad that you might have to go and get a job. Yeah, the perspective. Like, yeah. Way, way to go, Hamish. You're you're so sad. You have a great remote job. You get to sit in your yeah, house, yeah. you know. But but it's it's perspective because the options and maybe these options right. won't last forever. Like maybe you hit. 58 and then no one's everyone's like i'm not hiring a 58 year old right now like maybe maybe your yeah, options run really out know what happens then yeah we're so young in this industry it feels like you know like yeah i think that's a a nice way of looking at it of the the gratitude of saying okay you've got a bunch of options well i think it's like there's like tears so like you get to this point where you are like you can take care of yourself and your family and your needs and all that and 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 like you're happy there but then like these other things surface so like you know, like, for example, like, yeah, my wife and I have been like focused more on like our mental health lately, you know, like we have like she has like a therapist like she's seen, which is like kind of like a 
like a like a thing you can do when you have like the means to do that and you can actually think about those problems like because that's a like that's a that's a big thing yeah. like taking care of your like mental health or like you know your physical health like we've been working out more like over the last like year and that's been good like but those things like didn't happen when yeah. i was younger and like i just wanted to like have a way to make ends meet and do, like i couldn't think about that kind of stuff you know like so yeah you can afford to yeah. have that like yeah, oh, i want a- more because you maybe it's like Maybe it's bad in the sense of, in the moral yeah. sense, bad, but I don't, you know what I mean? But I, it just feels like you have to get to that point before that can happen. <laughs> I think, and I think this is why it's important to have gratitude and then to not throw away the good stuff. I mean, in retrospect, like I just wanted to be independent so bad that I think I needed to experience mm-hmm. that regardless. But the, you know, I, in, in retrospect, it's like, man, I actually, I could have gone and worked for Nathan and kept Mega Maker going and kept marketing for developers going and it would have probably been sure, better, yeah. you know? I think this idea of like, okay, this is good, but what's missing? Okay, well, what's missing is this. Now, I could throw everything away and just pursue this or I could keep what I have and just level up in mm-hmm. over here especially if I think one of the things I felt before is I felt Mm -hmm. constrained. But if, if you are not as constrained anymore, if you're like, no, I actually, I have a lot of freedom. I, I, I could just go and start speaking or I could just go and start writing a book. Yeah. the, The constraint of not being able to move is gone. It's like, Oh wait, I actually have movement here. Why not just stay here and, you know, go yeah. to something else. But there is tension to that because, like, sometimes you do got to give everything yeah. up. And so <laughs> knowing when I to know. do I that feel is like hard. I'm, I'm seeing in my mind, like, there's, the, the, like, the manifesto of a maker, you know? And, like, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would say yeah. you have to leave, you have to work only for yourself. You know, I think, I don't think it would be that strict, you know? I think it's kind of, it would somehow capture all the things we're talking about here where it's, like, your situation is your own and being a maker is, like, about finding that path for yourself where you're able to create in that world that you, I mean, it's the space that you own. It's your life. It's your family. It's your needs, your wants. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's so individually tailored. And then it almost begs the question of like, why do we even all talk about it anyway, if we can't relate to anyone, but, but somehow there's a part of it that connects all of us where we're like, yeah, like I can, I can see that or I get that. And we, you know, some people can relate more than yeah. others, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it somehow has, like, we somehow have nothing we can relate on. But we have everything we can relate on somehow at the same time, you know, <laughs> Well, and maybe what you're identifying is that we sometimes attach meaning to something that isn't even necessarily what we're going after. So we see people starting startups and we say, oh, well, that's the way that you become completely fulfilled as someone who likes to make things with computers. But maybe not. Like maybe it's just like, no, I I can still be fulfilled I can still be someone who likes to make things with computers. I can even be someone who makes things for the public and makes things for the public and makes money from them, but without having to start a company because you might start a company and be like, man, I wish I wish I hadn't done this. This is a nightmare. I think that's the danger of saying, that's what I want. I want to be that person who is owns the startup. But when you really look down the list of everything that entails, it's like, 
Maybe I don't want that. Maybe I just want to be like Kent Dodds. Oh, I freaking love you know Kent. That dude? Yeah. You know, Kent, Kent seems to love working at PayPal. And he's just like, I just happy working at PayPal. But he gets to make courses and sell them and be active in the JavaScript community. And he's completely yeah. fulfilled, yeah. you know? And in some ways, it's even better. It's like PayPal more than takes care of his needs. PayPal more than takes care of his desire for uh, for purpose and for learning new things and for making work that matters. And then on the other on the other side, he gets to engage with the community. He gets he gets to have his right. cake and eat it yeah. too. Again, there's I don't think there's that many great companies to work for, but totally. Yeah. Uh, if you're in that if you're in that position where there's a great company and you're working for them. Maybe it's just like, okay, my bases are set and I'm going to go do this other thing on the side that I really have no pressure or expectation for it to become my next big thing. I might have to cut some of this up, like release this as a podcast, because I feel like after in our after chat here, we've kind of nailed some stuff that is a lot of folks could resonate with. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That'd be sweet. So there you go. A little bit of Thanksgiving holiday listening. If you enjoyed that or you want to reach out, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin, M-I, Justin. And Hamish is Ham Stew, H-A-M-S-T-U. And if you're listening to this before Cyber Monday, go check out megamaker.co slash Black Friday. And also, if you want to join the, the membership site that we were talking about, megamaker.co slash club is the place to sign up for the waiting list. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.